You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. She's got the news. She talks with newsmakers. She encourages us to laugh, and she cries with us. Speaking truth to power and questioning authority daily, it's the Nicole Sandler Show. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy, happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. Uh, it better be better than 2022, 2021, and 2020, and oh, yeah, the uh, like five or six years <laughs> before that. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I want to, um, uh, I'm trying to be optimistic as we start the new year. So I hope you had a wonderful week. I did take a week off, something that I very rarely do, and it was a staycation. Now we didn't go anywhere, um, and <laughs> and you may know that uh, we're you know I've been packing and purging, and I thought I would do a whole lot of that this week. What I mostly did this week is nothing. I'll tell you something. It was refreshing because I don't often do nothing, but I did. I slept. I painted. I ate. And boy, did I eat. And I, what else did I do? I watched a whole lot of television. I've got some great shows that you can binge. You know, it was the best feeling to not feel like I had to turn on the news every day. And there were many days that I didn't. Uh, I did that uh, on purpose, stayed away from the news, which was really good. Um, what else? I, I, you know, I watched... Um, Bad Sisters, Bad Sisters on Apple, Apple TV, really good. <laughs> and, um, you know, I watched White Lotus and I watched, uh, I watched all kinds of stuff. I should put together a list because there were some good, some not so good. But yeah, I did relax. I did need it. And frankly, I could have used another week just like the first one. <laughs> So, you know, it, it, but it's good. It's good. David just walked in here and said, and said, um, uh, do you remember how to do this? And I said, no, not really. There was one bit of work I did over the weekend. I have moved. 
Just so you know, everything here is still the same. We're still on Progressive Voices. I still stream to YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Twitch when it all works. Right now, it seems to be working. And um, But our podcast home has changed. So it used to be the podcast was put out by fans.fm. No more. We are now with Zencaster. It shouldn't make a difference on your end at all. If you subscribe to the podcast, meaning you, you know, you download the the uh, audio daily, whether you get it from Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or whomever, it shouldn't change. It should all work just as it has. If it doesn't, then come back to the website, to NicoleSandler.com. Go to the podcast page. There should be a new link. If there are any bugs, just email me and we'll try to get it straightened out. But hopefully, knocking on wood laminate, all will work out just fine. <laughs> all will work as it's supposed to. So, um, you know, today is sort of a bonus day. Bonus day in that uh, today is the legal holiday because New Year's Day, as did Christmas Day, fell on a Sunday. So the actual holiday is Monday. That's why... Banks are closed. Post office is closed. If you thought today was the day that you were going to be able to go to the bank and <laughs> and and um, you know get some stuff done, well, you're going to have to wait until tomorrow, and that kind of sucks. For those of you who are asking, how was my New Year's Eve? Well, my New Year's Eve was kind of wonderful um, because it was our anniversary. So we got married seven years ago. On New Year's Eve, I actually, to show you what a glutton for punishment I am, did a show that day because it was a Friday, I believe. Anyway, this time um, we actually went out to dinner for a lovely dinner on th- on 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 Friday night, the thirtieth, so as not to be on the road on New Year's Eve. And frankly, by midnight, I was asleep because I slept. Well, for me, I slept a lot. That doesn't mean that for a normal person I slept a lot because I don't sleep much. But anyway, that was that was it. We went to a great dinner uh, Friday night. Saturday night we stayed home. We cooked. We hung out and um, rested. Yeah. So, um, again, I try to stay away from the news as much as possible. Um, but there were some things. Look, what happened since we were gone uh, we got, well, we did get the final January 6th report from the 1-6 committee. And um, uh, right before they shut everything down, they released another trove of transcripts. So maybe we'll get into some of that today. Digby's going to join us in just a few minutes. Um, what else? We got Trump's tax returns, right? Um, th- there's all kinds of other stuff. I'm saving some of it for when Digby gets here. But we got a new character on the national stage. Now, we got wind. We caught wind of George Santos um, before we left. In fact, on Thursday before we left, when Howie Klein was here, oh, we talked about George Santos. But since then, there have been a few songs published for 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 uh, George Santos. Not to be confused with Ron DeSantis, Santos, DeSantis, two peas from the same pod. They're both liars. 
They're both despicable creatures. Um, but so far, I haven't, I haven't heard many songs about, you know, the Florida guy. Although I understand George Santos has um, uh, some, there's some Florida connection, as of course there would be. But anyway, I thought I will start the show today with one of those George Santos songs. This one comes from Sandy and Richard Riccardi. Oh, they make beautiful music on YouTube. And, uh, well, just take it away, Sandy and Richard. Here we go. that, Leonardo? Who's Nicole Sandler's next guest? Why, it's Digby, of course. Who's Digby? Observe, Leonardo. That's Dig for Dig and B for B. Digby. I couldn't think of a better person to start off the new year with than our friend Heather Digby Parton. Uh, you read her at salon.com and, of course, at Digby's Hullabaloo at digbysblog.net. Hey, Digby, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Uh, thank you. What, 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 I don't know if I'm hearing that from inside. I must be hearing the delay from the next door where David's listening because I'm just hearing the... You know the the trumpets or whatever. Anyway, oh. um, that's okay. It's just me. I'm 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 a bit discombobulated because it's been a week since I've done this, so I'm out of practice. <laughs> I hear you. Same here. Yeah. So did you did you unplug as I did? 
over the last week, hopefully? Well, yeah, not really. <laughs> but there wasn't as quite as much. I did get in some more long reads and, you know, a little bit more more book stuff and, you know, some things that I don't normally have time to really dig into. I listen to some podcasts, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I always kind of stay plugged in whether I like it or not. It's been, I'm an addict. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And I am too. I just, I really made, I thought I was going to catch up on reading because I got a couple of book authors coming up on the show that I thought, oh, I'll get a head start on this. I thought I would do a lot of packing and a lot of purging. And frankly, I did a whole lot of nothing. And it was so good. It was so good. You need that. I, yeah, I, I yeah. mean, you need that. We all do. You know, we have to take take a little time for time to to do nothing. I mean, that's just human, right? It's recharging your batteries. It's it's you know, and believe me, you need to because get ready. <laughs> you better have your batteries charged. Oh my God! Uh, you know, we're about to enter a wild time. At least for those of us who follow politics, we are. I mean, off and running. It's like today is the nice little sort of buffer day when we can get our bearings back again. Again, because starting tomorrow, all hell breaks loose. Yep. Right? I hear that. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So I'm hearing absolutely. all kinds tomorrow, of all, all hell breaks loose. Right. I'm hearing all kinds of of just rumblings about what's going to happen tomorrow when the Republicans who take control of the House of Representatives vote for Speaker because it's going to be a shit show. It sounds. Well, it is. I mean, you know, I think I think we know that. I mean, what I mean, com- contrast it to, say, what happened with the Democrats when they just sort of there was no controversy whatsoever in voting in the new leadership. Right. right. I mean, that just sort of happened. I mean, we hardly even noticed, and you know, which it was surprising to me because I thought, you know, after so many years of that leadership being in, I thought I would have thought there'd be more of a fight. But for whatever reason, and I think it's just that Democrats are going, you know what, we're, we're, we're not going to be like them right now. <laughs> so we're just going to going to be try and be smoothly uh, efficient in what we do and let them be the clown show. Right. Um, but this is ridiculous. I mean, this is absolutely crazy what's happening with Kevin McCarthy, and it's solely at the hands of this extreme right wing. And even within the right, the extreme right wing, they're fighting amongst themselves. Marjorie Taylor Greene's on one side, and Matt, Boebert's on the other side. And Matt Gates is on, and that Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene, shouldn't she just be Marjorie Taylor? Didn't she get divorced? Did she take the green off? She didn't. (laughs) She didn't, but she should because they were no longer married. But anyway, just just popped into my head. But the fact that Matt Gates is virulently anti-Kevin McCarthy, and for some reason, old Marge Q is is, is in Kevin's corner. What's going to happen there? Well, I don't know. Marge Q has made the, the, you know, obviously made the bet that McCarthy's going to be the speaker and he's going to reward her for having been that person. Now, I think that Kevin may have thought that she could bring along the wingnuts, that she had that much power. And she's kind of shown that she doesn't, which is very interesting to me. She's got plenty of power, way more than she deserves. She's, you know, barely been in the Congress. And I don't think she started paying attention to politics until she read some QAnon post on Facebook a few years ago. So, you know, this is not someone who should have any power. But 
it, yeah, I think the assumption is is that she does. You know, she's very popular and the on the right. The fact that that you know he, I remember reading something and I can I've never been able to find it again. So maybe it was in a dream or something. But <laughs> that he had called her in for an you know for a long meeting one on one. Uh, shortly after the election, and that you know, they didn't talk about what was said in there, but it wasn't wasn't long afterwards that she said that she was you know that she was going to back McCarthy for speaker. Now we know that you know she was asking for certain things, and she hasn't been uh, quiet about the fact that she believes she has a has a right to um, wield power and expects to do it, and that she thinks Kevin McCarthy will allow her to do it. But um, we don't know specifically there. Now, you know, of course, he's giving her back her committees and whatever else. And he's, you know, they're going to, I don't know, they're going to impeach Jill Biden or something, you know, whatever. It's on her list of, uh, you know, her wish list. But um, it's very interesting that she chose that path. And that then you have Matt Gates, who was her partner in crime. Yeah. I mean, they went all over the country, know. you know, holding events together and doing whatever. That he's on the opposite side. And there are just enough of them. I mean, the last I heard, it's 14 no votes at the moment. Now, of those, Whoa. I would expect, you know, seven or eight are probably just posing and that they'll come along. But there are enough to deny him the speakership if they hold fast. And everything we see right now, I mean, he did everything he could <laughs> to appease them. He's proven himself a total weak sister who will bend to their will, shown everybody in the caucus, everybody in the country that he has no authority, and it hasn't helped. He still hasn't secured all the votes. So this is going to be something else tomorrow. Well, here's the thing. Because the margin is so small, they can only he can only afford to lose four votes. And there's more than four who are dug in. So they're talking about, uh, do you know that when they go to a second ballot, as will happen tomorrow, it'll be the first time in something like 160 years? Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I've got, yeah, it's it's insane that this hasn't happened in 160 years. Well, Um, it just shows you what a, what a, you know, look. The, the main job of a, of, a, of a leader, of a caucus leader in the House, and in the Senate, too, is to count the votes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know, and if you want to be speaker, if you want to pass legislation, then that is everything. I mean, you have to be able to raise money. You've got to be able to sort of, you know, promote people who help the cause and, you know, ignore people who don't. I mean, there's a lot of skills that go into being the, being the speaker. But for, for being speaker, you have to be able to count the votes. And what's happening to Kevin here is in, that he's showing that he can't even do that for himself, right? He can't even garner what he needs to pass to become the speaker. So he goes into this tremendously weakened and to the point where I'm not sure even if he gets what he wants and they decide, I don't know, they do 27 ballots tomorrow, you know, everybody just goes, all right, whatever, you can have it. How long does he last? I mean, he can't, you know, I doubt if he'll be in there six months from now because he doesn't have the capability, doesn't have the authority or the skill to be able to, you know, keep his caucus in line. And that is what they do. You know, I mean, it's not, it's, it, it's very difficult with fractious 
factions like like the Republicans have right now, and Democrats have been in the same position. You know that we, we the Democrats have a much more diverse coalition with a lot of different interests, whereas the Republicans, generally speaking, have just one. You know, low taxes, war. You know, hate. I mean, that's all they, that's all they do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so it's, it's generally been pretty easy to keep them, you know, uh, all together. But, that, you know, in the last few years, and we've seen this over and over again with the rise of the Tea Party and, you know, going back to Newt Gingrich, which I'll get to him in a minute because I saw something funny oh, to say about him, um, is, is that they... You know, they know they no longer have that kind of control. And these guys, I mean, as far as I can tell, they don't give a damn. They just don't care. They'll blow up the place rather than than give in. And they, they don't really even seem to want anything. <laughs> they just want to do it. That that's amazing, and it, but it's true. Look, the fact that Kevin McCarthy is digging in his heels, even though he knows that the writing is on the wall. I read something today. He's moving his shit into the speaker's office. He's not going to be speaker. I really don't think, I don't think he will. I don't know who will, but I don't think it'll be him. Well, I wouldn't have said until this past week, one way or the other, right? I mean, I was kind of going, well, you know, he's probably going to pull it off. They're just holding out, and they, they want this, that, and the other. They want a better office or whatever, you know, these people are negotiating for. It's become obvious. It's just what I just said. They don't really – I mean, what they wanted was to, to, to be able to reinstate this vacate the chair rule, right, which anybody could yes. call for a vote. It deposed the speaker. It's like a confidence vote. And, and McCarthy didn't want that, and neither did the rest of the caucus, by the way, because these people are crazy. They know that this is going to happen constantly, and they don't want to give them that power. But, you know, McCarthy finally, if he's groveling and begging and just, you know, whatever, you know, what can I give you? He actually agreed to do it with five, <laughs> with five people rather than one, right? It used to be. But, I mean, they never You needed did a majority. Right. You needed a majority yeah, of the caucus. They never, they never used that. They never used that. It just wasn't something that they. Uh, everyone in the caucus understood that that's not a very good way to go about things. And that, you know, you reserve that for someone who's committed a crime or something. Right. Right? I mean, you, don't, you don't just go deposing your own leadership every five minutes. But these people don't know that and they don't care. And so he goes and makes this big concession over the weekend and says, okay, well, if five of you want to depose me, I guess that's okay. <laughs> and of course, then the rest of the caucus going, hey, man, what are you talking about? Yeah, we don't want that. So, you know, 213 of them are going, excuse us, but no, we're not, we don't want to do that. And then McCarthy does it and they all go, well, okay, thanks. That's nice. But that's, that's not good enough. You know, right. We need we need more, and you don't even know what it is. And so we, you really come to the conclusion that basically they just don't want Kevin McCarthy to be the speaker. It does. This is not has nothing to do with a negotiation for something for them. It's, they just don't want the guy. And now that is a very serious problem because if they are that dug in, then they don't care. They they just don't want him, and they'll stand there, and they'll you know. And it's not like there's nobody else who could do the job, right? Right. I mean, well, not. Uh, but yeah. not that I mean, he can do the job. No one but Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think. Well, I mean, can any of them do the job? No. I guess that's really the question. That's the thing. <laughs> you know, I think to be speaker, you have to garner respect, and I don't think any of them do. Look, the the person that the and I say person loosely that the the ultra right want. To be speaker is Jim Jordan. <laughs> Jim Jordan, uh, which is insane. They are talking about Steve Scalise, who will be like somebody, you know, the backup. But 
I'm sorry, Steve Scalise was also one of the, what did they call them, the young guns? Do you remember back 15 oh, years yeah, ago? So? Of course you do. Um, they were the young guns, Paul Ryan and Scalise and McCarthy. And McCarthy was one. Yeah. Yes, they all were. Eric Cantor. <laughs> Eric, oh, my God, um, Eric Cantor, yep. Eric Cantor, who I mean, was... They, it, he was the lone Jewish Republican in the House, and then he was voted out. And now somebody over there was bragging about how many Republican Jews are in the House. And I think they were counting George Santos among them. Oh, they weren't. That was Kevin McCarthy <laughs> was bragging. It was him. There's, a, there's, a, there's footage of him saying, you know, we have the largest Jewish contingent ever in the house. You know, and he named them because it was George Santos. You know, oh, my God. See, that's the thing about Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy is a doofus. He's a goofball. He is, he's, he's not bright. I mean, he's really not. He's dim-witted. And, you know, he's very ambitious. But, you know, so. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think Lauren Boebert is ambitious. That doesn't mean that you put them in charge of something. No. I mean, it's ridiculous. And he is just, he's always putting his foot in his mouth. I mean, he did it the last time that he was running. And he was the presumptive speaker after Boehner. Right. Went up right. and made that stupid comment in the press saying that, you know, that they that they set up the Benghazi hearings in order to lower Hillary Clinton's um, polling numbers. Now, and, you know, when you think about that, right, I mean, yep. it was like 2015. Yep. Think about that. I mean, no one would blink an eye at that today. No. That's how much things have changed. At the time, no. everybody was, oh, my goodness, that's terrible. Now it's like, yeah, and whatever. You know, it wouldn't, that wouldn't be, you know, anything that could stop a, you know, someone from, from gaining higher office. I mean, my God. Um, but, you know, he, and, and then remember he was also caught on tape saying that he thought there were only two people that were, being, were on Putin's payroll and one of them was Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Well, <laughs> and Paul Ryan said, you know, try and keep that, you know, on the down low. Okay, Kev, don't say that in public. We really don't want to go there. I mean, that's the guy is a goofus. And, and he says things like this. And this is one of the reasons why nobody respects him, because he's an idiot. Right. But he's also the guy who, you know, the week of January 6th, he was on the floor saying Donald Trump is responsible for this. He came out and he said it loudly and clearly. And then he went down to Mar-a-Lago and, as I like to say, to kiss the, the, the mushroom dick. That's, you know, that's oh what God. he did. <laughs> Oh, the, that mental picture. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. That is what he did. It and, is what he and did. It was, it, was, it was, you know, uh, obvious at that point. And it wasn't that long after January 6th. I mean, what was it, maybe two weeks after the inauguration? It wasn't very long. And, and he went down there, and they, and they had a picture taken together, which they released, yep. showing that, you know, he was still on the team. And that was that. Now, of course, what that also means, though, is that Donald Trump doesn't trust Kevin. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, of because course he not. knows what Kevin McCarthy said. Um, and so, you know, and also that's another aspect of this speakership race that's very interesting to me because Trump has been trying to to whip votes for McCarthy. And I know. And all those people. Big Which, Trumpers, you know, Matt Gates. They're all sitting there going, yeah, well, thanks. Thanks, Don, you know, but no thanks. Right. That surprised me. You know, again, this is Kevin McCarthy uh, was six days more. It was uh, January 6th. This was the 13th of January. 
The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. These facts require immediate action by President Trump. Accept his share of responsibility. Quell the brewing unrest and ensure President-elect Biden is able to successfully begin his term. So I don't understand why, first of all, the Democrats didn't play that clip every day. Every day. They're so not good at driving home the message. You know, they had that. And yet Kevin McCarthy is now, you know, Trump's sidekick. Uh, why that wasn't played on a, a repeating loop, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think maybe it's because they think, and this is wrong, that somehow or another that will make Kevin McCarthy look more palatable oh, to, you know, <laughs> swing voters right. or independents or whatever, because it'll show that he really does have a conscience and that he really did care. But I think they're wrong in that, because I think people who pay attention to politics who are the only ones who would be listening to that, um, would, you know, understand exactly the, the, you know, rank hypocrisy and just bizarre lack of any kind of moral center of Kevin McCarthy, who clearly was saying that. And I mean, you know, we don't know. I mean, what's real with Kevin McCarthy? You tell me. Uh, no, you know, nothing. kissing the proverbial mushroom <laughs> or saying that in that moment. Um, you know, I don't know what he really thought. I don't know what he really believed. I don't, you know, I don't have a clue because most of these Republicans are like that. You can't really tell anymore whether or not they're winking and nodding. Right. I mean, and I it, remember I wrote a piece back when Trump took office, you know, saying this is the death of the dog whistle. There's no, they don't, they don't bother to even try anymore. No. On one way or the other, to sort of obfuscate what they're doing, they're, it's it's all out there, and and yet it's completely, you know, they can say one thing one moment and another thing another moment. There's no such thing as hypocrisy. They're completely shameless, oh. so they just say whatever they need to say in the moment. So I don't know what Kevin really. No, I don't really know. Believes. But but he's you know he's following Trump's lead because Trump is the guy who can hear him say that and then. Just say, oh, well, he now he's nice to me and he's saying good things about me. So it's all good. Right. <laughs> like, well, that's true. That's, no, that's really a good point. Right. Because, you know, it, and also it shows power. It shows Trump's power. Right. I mean, yeah. that was a demonstration of Trump's power. Kevin gets up and says this stuff and says, you know, and he's responsible and he needs to be accountable and blah, blah, blah. He should have done this and that and the other. And there were others who did that, too. And then within a couple of weeks, suddenly they're down there you know, um, kissing up to Trump, it shows that Trump has power. And that, and so that worked for him. It worked for Trump for to have that kind of, especially to see that kind of contrast. Okay, but... It's, it's always good. People in power always like to have, to be able to demonstrate that they're forcing people to do things against their will. That makes them appear even more powerful. And so Trump gets something out of that sort of thing. Okay, but while this is going on, on the split screen, and we need like, you know, we need a Zoom split screen. We need like six different boxes <laughs> for everything going on. Because in the midst of all this, we got Trump's tax returns. We got oh the January 6th full report. We got transcripts of depositions that I haven't even begun to, I, you know, again, I made an effort to just stand down and and don't do anything. But 
I felt guilty that I wasn't reading this stuff all week long because there's a treasure trove of information here. You've got a bunch of stuff at digbysblog.net. You also wrote about it at, um, uh, uh, at least the final report over at Salon. Um, Uh And so, I mean, there's there's so much going on and Trump's got to be shitting his diapers right now. I think he is. I mean, I have to say that, you know, for the first time, and I have been one who thought that he was, you know, I knew he was going to run again, and I believed strongly that he was probably going to win the nomination again, because you just didn't see any breaks in it. And and I still don't know what, I don't know where the base is, you know, that's going to take a while for us to sort of discern whether or not they're actually moving away from him, or at least enough of the base to... Um, you know, dominate the Republican primaries, regardless of if he gets them all right. I mean, he, there's a certain amount of veto power that he has with his with his cult. But so I can't really gauge that. But what I can gauge is that he's he's kind of lost a step. He did something this weekend that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. He went after the anti-abortion yes. zealot in the Republican Party on Truth Social. <laughs> and he went there and said it was their fault for not, you know, believing in ex- exceptions. And they didn't bother to come out and vote because they got what they wanted. And so they didn't come out and vote. And he said, it wasn't my fault that we lost it <gasps> was theirs. Oh, oh my God. Oh. I mean, that is, I, I mean, you know, I mean, Trump, you know, he's, 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 a, he's, is an ignoramus in a million ways, but yes. he always had good instincts about this base that he was, you know, from the very beginning. And it's not like he knew anything or cared about abortion. We all knew that, right? I mean, but he did, he understood how important it was. He understood who these people are in the party and what, what influence they wield. And I read that and I went, well, okay, I don't know if he's been drinking. I know he doesn't drink, but I don't know if, you know, he's just well, he says he does. something's going on. I think he does. Yeah, so maybe he doesn't drink can. alcohol. But you know he's snorting the Adderall or something. He's doing something. That is not a man whose brain is not addled by some sort of <laughs> controlled substance. Right? It sure seems that way. That I could see him medicating in some yes. way, you know. Oh. And especially now, since I think, I mean, I, it, that's the kind of thing, you know. And he, he blew that. He just puts that out on Truth Social, right? And he always did it on Twitter when he was on there, too, right. that kind of thing. But that one was one, for the first time, I'm kind of going, all right, he might not make it because he, you can't do that. You know, you're, you're, they may love him, but there are limit. There, there's a limit, particularly with that particular group. Those are the evangelicals who voted for him in massive numbers, loved him. It yep. didn't matter what he did. They, he was whatever. Pussy grabber. That is the issue. Yep. The, that the evangelicals yes. bent over backwards to support the pussy grabber. Still, that that yep. that phrase came into my mind this morning as I'm thinking. You know, they, they are the most <clears throat> hypocritical people on the planet. These these evangelicals. Well, now I understand that the evangelicals are pulling back. Now they're disgusted by him. Well, what took so long? Uh-huh. Well. Please, you know, I mean, they're basically going to go with the winner, you know, right? Of and so he's, he, he can't, he has a problem. If he, if, the, if he does not understand that that group must be appeased, then he has a big problem. And, you know, on the other well, hand, he, though, here's an interesting... <laughs> well, he does have a big problem, it, but, you know. yes. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. But, I mean, here's another aspect to that, and I was thinking about it when I saw that true social post. I'm going, okay, so where does that leave the other people in the party? And what that does, you've got Ron DeSantis down there in Florida, your guy, um, <laughs> who guy. is playing it very, very coy on the abortion issue because yep. he knows it's now a third rail and it is a bad, bad issue for him. But he's saying, well, I believe in strong pro-life, you know, um, legislation. Well, he's got a group of nuts on his right there in the Florida legislature mm-hmm. that are ready to ban it or, you know, six-week heartbeat bill, yep. you know, some yep. other kind of extreme crazy thing. And he's going to have to take a, take a position on that. Now, with Trump be going the other way and saying, you know, look, I think you know, abortion's been overblown and, you know, they, were, they didn't come through for us and they, you know, they, they got what they wanted and then, and then they didn't care, blah, 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 which is all true. Um, and he's taking that side. And DeSantis now is stuck, right? Because he's got to have those people. Somebody has to have those people. You can't you can't win in the Republican Party if you don't. Mm-hmm. So I'll be very curious to see how that plays out. I mean, there's a very very interesting dynamic going on there with Trump weakening and kind of having these strange little fugue states where he says things that, that really make no political sense. And you've got DeSantis there breathing down his neck, and then you've got all the other ones, you know, Mike Pence running around going, will somebody vote for me, please? You know, <laughs> I don't know who that's going to be. Um, so, you know, very, very interesting in that regard. And, um, you know, so we're looking at, you know, as we look at these transcripts and we look at the taxes, and, you know, as far as the tax are concerned, I thought, I thought that was the most fascinating thing. I mean, there's lots of fascinating stuff in the transcripts, so the January 6th transcripts, but the taxes, I mean, we knew a lot, right, because the New York Times got a hold of a bunch of his taxes. And so we'd already seen much of what was there, but this idea that throughout his presidency he was being paid by foreign government, foreign entities, Paid into yes. his own pocket yep. by foreign entities, and everybody's running around going, "Oh, Hunter Biden did some stuff in Ukraine." I uh, know. Some, you know. Ten years ago, we're gonna we're gonna impeach Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I just can't get past it. My head's exploding. Right. This this is the opposite world that I talk about all the time. They just it it it, 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 it to to you and I, it's like that. Do, do you not see the disconnect here? And they're like, "Da da da, Hunter Biden." And while while Donnie Jr. and Eric and Vonky are sitting here counting the money that they got from foreign, you know, Ivanka got all those patents from the Chinese after he took office. I mean, come on. Yet- they opened. They opened golf courses in Dubai. Ron <laughs> Jr. went to India and was fated by the Indian government. They did carted him around like some kind of a you know a dignitary right. because he was opening a development that the oh Trump people had that the Trump organization had done. I mean, this this stuff was going on through the whole thing. In fact, yeah, I really recommend if everybody anybody really wants to know what was going on with the Trump organization because it is fascinating. And we and get ready because the Tish James um, trial is going to open up a lot of this stuff. Yes. But, you know, they had a, <clears throat> they did a podcast on WNYC and ProPublica did a, a joint podcast for a, probably a year and a half or so during the, um, during the Trump administration that went a deep, deep dive into the Trump organization and what they were doing, how they made their money. Um, before and during the Trump administration. And it is some fascinating stuff. They are as crooked as yes. it comes. 
And the fact that we're just, that this is not somehow penetrated fully, I can't get past because now we're going to see, you've got this, these nutcases, this guy Comer, uh, Representative yes. Comer, the new Republican chairman of the, of the Oversight, Oversight Committee. Thank God Jamie Raskin's going to be the ranking member there to keep him in check somewhat, but this guy's a nut job. Uh, it's going to be awful, and he is a nut job. I mean, really, he's Marjorie Taylor Green level, yeah. right? I mean, this yep. is not somebody you could ever call anything. He's just not normal. I mean, he's, he's, he's like her. And the stuff that he's talking about with Hunter Biden and Biden and the Chinese and all this stuff, it's all lunacy. I mean, yes. you look at the timeline, none of it adds up. It's obvious. I did. I looked. You know, I'm going, okay, I believe it. Maybe there was some influence peddling. I don't, you know, I, I'm open to that idea right. of a politician, right? And yep. Hunter Biden obviously yep. has problems. Problem. So, you know, who knows? <laughs> But um, but you know that it just doesn't add up. And then you've got Trump and his and his spawn over there doing all his foreign business. I mean, the fact that Jared Kushner left the White House and within two months had done a two billion dollar deal right. with Middle Eastern countries that he'd been dealing with, and nobody, everybody's just and got bailed out of that six 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 Fifth Avenue building that yeah, was going to be their downfall. That all of a sudden it's all all well and good, and you know just his little friends over in Saudi Arabia. Nothing to look at over here. Go look at Hunter Biden. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's go look over and, you know, on his laptop and, you know, his nude pictures and whatever. I mean, the whole thing is just it's mind boggling to me. And it kind of makes me crazy because, you know, I don't want to sit there and go, you know, but what about, you know, right. what about I know do, do what about him? But seriously, <laughs> what about him? What about Trump? <laughs> I know. I mean, you can't. Just, you know, oh, my God. I mean, it was right. It's right there. And now there's all this documentation with his tax returns <sighs> and people looking at that. Hopefully. This Tish James, um, you know, uh, case will will open people's eyes up. I think it will be there because the Trump organization, the other one that just finished, I mean, they found them guilty, guilty. on all counts. So that's something. Um, but, you know, I mean, th- this hopefully that will, will open because this was extremely corrupt. The man didn't divest. He didn't pay any taxes. He, he was not, getting paid by foreign governments. I mean, the whole thing is just and, an absolute. And, and. And this this is the mind boggling. Well, there's so much. <laughs> but, you know, he claimed the whole time, oh, I'll release my tax returns as soon as they're not being audited anymore. Well, they weren't auditing him. They audit every <laughs> president. Required to. Required to. <laughs> they audited Biden. They audited Obama. They audited Clinton. But they didn't audit Donald Trump during his time in office, which is a requirement. That needs to be an investigation. The whole thing, it's well, just, it's all inside out. It, it's all opposite world. Facts no longer matter. Reality is now fiction. There's a signpost. Your next stop, opposite world. Sorry. The opposite world, the signpost came up. Um, it, it, it is. They, they... They see and hear what they want to see. And, and like Trump said that time, what you're hearing and what you're seeing is not what's happening. <laughs> right. You need to have faith in me, not the fake news right. media. Who are you going to believe, people, okay. me or your lying yeah. eyes, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah, you can believe me or you can believe your lying eyes. And that's exactly what, what happened during that. Now that, you know, the Republican Party, on the other hand, they all knew. You know, uh, I mean, maybe some of them didn't. Maybe there were a few like Virginia Fox or somebody <laughs> like that, you know, who who actually bought into all the BS. But but really, you know, they all knew what he was doing and they didn't care. 
because right. it was working for them. You know, there was That's this, right. this was, um, yeah, they benefited from it, and, and they will continue to benefit from it, whether he's there or not. I mean, Ron DeSantis is taking notes. You Ugh. better be- believe he is. Yes, he is. And, you know, or somebody like him. I mean, I, you know, I hesitate. I'm beginning to think that, you know, elevating him to this juggernaut status is a mistake. You know, that, I mean, he could be Scott Walker. Oh, he, and I believe right. he is, because he's got all the personality of Scott Walker. He has the same look. When on the surface, he seemed, Scott Walker from a distance seemed like he was, knew what he was doing. Well, he was an idiot. And that's what Ron DeSantis is. And anybody who saw the debate between him and Charlie Crist knows that there's nothing there. The man looked like a deer in headlights, didn't have a comeback. He's not clever. He's not quick on the, on the, on the rebound. He's just not anything except in the right place at the right time. And Donald Trump plucked him off the back bench and made him Florida governor. But there's nothing there to back it up. He is a mean, mean spirited, ugly person. And he's not very bright with all that education he has. He's not very smart. So, well, I mean, anybody who became, you know, a kind of a right wing Republican, (laughs) you know, who's educated at, the kind, you know, Tea Party Republican right. who's educated, you know, they were they really weren't as smart as they they might have seemed, because that was a stupid thing. And and he and he definitely went was in that in that mode. Um, and you know, I don't. I, I'm hoping that he because you know he said what I always call these guys the great white bread hope. Um, you know, there's always some kind of of you know young Turk. You know, young gun coming yep. along that's going to save the party, and they inevitably. And they, I mean, you remember Tim Pawlenty? Oh God! <laughs> you know, I mean, there's one. You know, that was oh, you know, there's a guy who was just he was just and Bobby Jindal. Right? Remember Bobby Jindal? Bobby Jindal, another one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, these so, were these were the brilliant young right. conservatives who were coming up, and you know, I, I, I'm hoping that DeSantis is that. I mean, everybody's very impressed with the fact that he had such a big win in Florida. Because the first one certainly wasn't a big win. No, he barely no. squeaked through. Yeah. And the second one that he able to do it. But, you know, on the other hand, he was able to, you know, he, he gerrymandered the hell out of Florida. Yes, he did. Florida. He killed and, off the black districts. He did, he did all the dirty work. Yeah. And, um, you know, Florida has become ground zero for the crazy in this country. So, you know, they're all moving here. Do you know, I read something to the Miami Herald, the most expensive housing market in the nation right now, Miami. New York is second. L.A. is third. Newark is fourth. Yep. Miami. Newark. Newark. (laughs) Wow. Who knew? Right? Wow. That is, that is really shocking to me. And that must be a problem, man. Oh, that's a problem huge. here in L.A. But, but here, they don't, like nobody pays salaries. First of all, it's a right to work for less state. No unions can, that's you know, right. infringe on anything here. And I heard this for years in radio. They pay you in sunshine. Take your sunshine and shove it. You know, no, you need money kidding. to live. So... Of course. That's why they're saying more people are moving to Florida each day than anywhere else in the country. Well, they can't afford to buy to, to rent a place. My kid is in a one bedroom apartment with her boyfriend in in the town where I live in Coral Springs, and they they pay seventeen hundred dollars a month, and that's a bargain. 
Florida wow. used to be wow. the cheapest. That is LA, that is LA yes. prices there. Florida used to be the yeah, cheapest I mean, place to live, and it isn't anymore. I always thought it was. It was one of the reasons why people were able that's to right. retire there. It was yep. nice. It was sunny, and it, housing was affordable. You not could live anymore. on a fixed income and be comfortable. Yep. Well, you know, all that's not going to last. I no. mean, obviously, people will people will vote for their feet the other direction too. If that's well, look at you. You're, well, the you're other one of the first exactly, you're, but the other thing <laughs> is that now. People who do have a home can't get homeowners insurance because there's been a crisis in this state for for as longer than, you know, it started under Rick Scott, who never did anything about it. And then DeSantis comes in, still didn't do anything about it. He was supposed to have a special session to deal with it. And instead, they scuttled the, the, the deal working on insurance in order to pass the don't say gay bill. Because he decided well, I was to be. Gonna say, you know, Nicole, they were very busy. Oh, they had a lot of really important stuff. Oh, yes. Do. I mean, they've got to hold, you know, they've got to hold vaccine uh, hearings on whether or not the vaccines are killing people. Oh. They've got to, you know, they've got to make sure that teachers don't say the word gay in school. They've got to be, you know, deal with all these people who are refusing, you know, not to wear masks. During a COVID surge. During a COVID surge. They've got some important stuff going on. So, you know, you can't really expect them to deal with something like a homeowner's insurance. Of course not. And so now I, people are going without insurance. People voted for them. I, I don't understand it. people voted for them? Why? I mean, what, 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 you know, but... You know, again, a lot of people voted for Scott Walker, too. That's right. And they loved him back there in Wisconsin. And that was a swing state, too. You know, I mean, that was a high was. very. But he won big, you know, big margins in those elections. And everybody thought he was the greatest. The Koch brothers got behind uh, him. Remember? I mean, I he do. was the guy. He, he was. was it. And he was it. Flamed out after the second debate. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> you know? we, because you heard him speaking off the cuff, and that's going to happen yeah. when the rest of the country gets to hear Ron DeSantis trying to speak contemporaneously, and he doesn't have the witty comeback. You know, look, hate Trump as much as I do. At least he was entertaining. You know, you'd watch those debates oh, and you course. go, I can't believe he's saying this shit. Ron DeSantis doesn't have that. And when he tries it, it just comes across as he's he's just a bully. He's a bully. Yeah. And, you know, Trump, I mean, I, I agree with you and I hate I hate to, you know, give him any credit. But as a politician, as a demagogue. Yep. He was a happy hater, right? I yeah. mean, he's a happy hater. He yep. has a yep. lot of energy and a lot of, you know, sort of let's all get together. And you can tell by his crowds, right? They're they're thrilled to be. They're having a lot. You know, he says, yeah. what's more fun than a Trump rally? For those people, they are all freaks and weirdos. I agree. But nonetheless, <laughs> for them, it was it fun. Is, that was it, their thing. It's their Woodstock. You know, I mean, this is this is great fun. And he had that ability to make people feel good about how much they hate everybody else. And I don't th- I think Ron DeSantis is the opposite. I think if you listen to him and his nastiness, you kind of go, ooh. Yeah. You know, there's something it's that makes creepy. people bad about it. Right. You know? Right. It's creepy. And and you know, that was one of Trump's great skills was being able to be such a nasty piece of work and do it in a way that didn't make his true believers hate themselves. Right. 
for loving it. Right. And, and you know, that's an unusual skill. But, you know, he's an unusual guy, to say the least. And he was a TV star. So, you know, he had that uh, that sheen of, of entertainer about yeah. him that uh, that DeSantis doesn't have. And also, the, also the, the story, the, the fable, the myth about him being this great businessman. Well, one thing we learned from the tax returns is God, that yeah. he had two huge influxes of money. One, well, always from his father, because his father supported all mm-hmm. of his all of his botched uh, plans, all of his botched stupid businesses. But then when his father died, he got like tens or hundreds of millions of dollars that he proceeded oh, to yeah. then blow. And then he made a lot of money from The Apprentice. Those were mm-hmm. the only times he made money. Everything else... I heard a, a, an analysis of the tax returns. He lost money on everything else. He everything. was not a good businessman. I don't know what it's going to take to get that through the heads of this country, but he sucked at business. That's right. He inherited money, which he blew again. Now, and as you say, he got most. He got his money from his father. In fact, when they released the presidential tax returns, there's one year in there where he had to pay several million dollars back, you know, in taxes. Right. And you know what that was? That was he sold an asset that he had inherited from his father that year, and he couldn't get away with not paying the taxes, right, because he was president. So so he ended up having to do it. You know, all the rest of the years he was in the White House, he paid no taxes. I mean, $750 he paid in two years and zero in 2020. Um, But that one year he had to pay a bunch of taxes, but it wasn't like his business did anything. It was because he he sold some piece of property that he had inherited. So daddy is still supporting him. That's right. Even today, that's where they're getting all their money. And granted, I mean, he owns a bunch of of buildings. I mean, he, he a lot of the stuff he supposedly owns, he doesn't. He had just leased his name to <laughs> yep. do it. But he does. I think he owns Trump Tower and some others, which are worth a lot of money. But they're leveraged to the hill. That's right. That's and, right. And they also, one of the things about the tax returns that's very interesting, and this is something, the New York Times has been trying to clear this up, but no, but I don't know whether how many people are actually listening <laughs> What he, when he said he was under audit, and we all go, no, he wasn't under audit. Right? He actually was under audit for one year. Right. That one year was 2009, <laughs> and in 2009, he got a huge refund from a, a very dicey move that he made in carrying forward some losses into 2009. Yep. And he got like $75 million back from, oh, the United, from the United States government. And in fact, Michael Cohen said, he said, you know, can you believe these, these people are so stupid as to give me back this money? And and so they, they've been auditing him. Now, the New York Times keeps asking what happened, where that audit is not completed. Wow. They would love to know what is going on with it. But if they rule against him, if they decide that he that he got that refund erroneously with interest oh. and penalties, he will owe over $100 million oh back God. to the United States government. Oh, my God. Well, then do it already. They got, I mean, okay. Yeah, what the hell? Everything is like churning up all around him. I'm waiting for it all to come smashing down on him. Like, That's when? Right. When? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me too. And there's so much. And, you know, it, it is wearing on him. I mean, I think that it is true that he, because this stuff, you know, the Russiagate stuff, which 
bothered him during the administration, nothing compared to going after him and his business and the personal stuff that, that's happening to him with uh, with what's going on in Florida, uh, sorry, in Georgia mm-hmm. with, you know. Fonnie um, Willis. And the, the, right. the, yeah, Fonnie Willis case. Mm-hmm. And then the, you know, the, the, um, the cases up in New York. And then, you know, you've, and also, you know, the Mar-a-Lago documents. Oh, case. yes, I mean, that there's one, still I that. I knows, but that's pretty simple. I mean, there's not a whole lot of complication in that one. And then, of course, the January 6th stuff. But it's, it, a lot of that's pretty personal stuff. And I think that that is really getting to him. And whether or not it's going to add up in anything, honestly, Nicole, I, I, I have no idea. It Me seems possible that none of that could, <laughs> could come back, could, could, you know, get him. But, you know, this guy's been slithering out from the long arm of the law his entire, entire adult life. life on one thing or another. And somehow, you know, you know some people just have luck. Yes, I mean, but you know what? what Teflon, has. if you've ever had a Teflon pan, you know that after a while the Teflon coating rubs away or it burns off it's or it wears out. High heat that's while, right. right. That's right. So <laughs> there's a lot of heat now circling Teflon Dawn and hopefully Agreed. in at least one or two areas it's going to wear out and it's going to cut awesome. through and you know judgment day we hope knocking on uh, <laughs> you know wood laminate is coming. So Digby in the couple of minutes we have left I'm going to make some heads explode here because there's so much I could ask. I mean, the Ginny Thomas transcript. Holy shit. You got to read this. Um, but I do oh, want to ask you in the lady. last couple of minutes, your final column of 2022 for Salon was headlined, Who Dares to Mock Dark Brandon Now? Joe Biden Keeps Rolling Up the Winds. And it's true. This guy with the low approval rating, the doddering person who can't get a full sentence out, and, you know, has turned out to be perhaps the most consequential Democratic president or any president in in modern times. Well, I mean, I would never have, you know, you and I were on here, you know, talking before the election. I mean, neither one of us thought that he was Joe not Biden my fifth right choice. choice right? He was my eighth I mean, choice. My God. <laughs> right. Yeah. Really, I mean, I'm sitting there going, Marianne Williamson? Right. (laughs) I mean, so no one cannot say to us that we were in the Biden tank, right? And Mm -mm. and thought that he was just going to be terrific. And, you know, there are are many things, just to preface this, many things that were left on the cutting room floor that are very important. There are issues that I wish he would attack more strongly. There are a lot of things that that are not, there's no no way that I am suggesting that he's perfect because no politician is perfect. But boy, has the guy exceeded my expectations. And yes. of course, it's not saying much since I had few, but the, he really has. And, and I think he's been underestimated the entire time. He was underestimated in the campaign, and he's been underestimated as president. And, you know, the, the list of things, as I went to write that piece, when I come up with the, this gigantic list of legislation and executive orders that, that really are kind of you know, unfathomable that we could get that stuff passed with that tiny narrow margin right. and the two diva twins of, you know, <laughs> mansion and, and cinema coming up the works. Yep. That, you know, they actually got this stuff passed. And, you know, I give the Democrats credit, too. The Democrats in Congress, they were very serious and sober-minded, and they, you know, they kind of kept their nose to the grindstone and got out what they could. 
and you know, this it was it has been a very very productive two years, and it's not just legislation. The judges they're outpacing yes. Trump and Obama. I know with judges, Which is amazing. and it's not just that they're putting more numbers in. It's the quality of the people. These are really high quality judges. They they're most of them are women. Huge numbers of people of color. They put in people who were former defense attorneys for the more than any other president in wow. history. Joe Biden has nominated and confirmed judges who were former defense attorneys. Now, can you imagine how much that changes the, you know, the 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 way that the judiciary looks? At oh, the, a lot, a mean, lot. The problem huge. is, though, at the top, the extreme court is still as extreme well, course, as ever, and you know. And, you know. Again, that's a problem, too. And the filibuster and, you know, expanding the court and D.C. statehood, these big things, you know, those things we would really like to have. And, you know, I'm not giving up on any of that no. stuff. But, you know, and then the final thing that I think that Biden did that, that I was just really shocked by and, you know, in a good way, that he went out during this campaign and through the first two years in general and defended democracy. And he did it against the advice of everybody. That's he right. said, kitchen table issues, yep. don't talk about that, nobody wants to hear it, it's really boring, and blah, blah, blah. And he did it anyway. He just based, and according to all the TikToks of his first two years, they went back, you know, and he did was in defiance of his advisors. And many of the Democratic strategists, he said, no, we have to talk about this. Well, as it turns out, he was right. This last election, that was a voting issue for many people. It was salient. It was meaningful, and thank God it was. You know, so I give, I give Biden credit for having the instinct to know that sometimes you have to lead on those kinds of issues, and people want to be led that way. You know what I mean? They want to hear it from someone in authority because they were, I'm sure that everybody was feeling this creepy feeling after the 2020 election and the insurrection and everything that the democ- our democracy was in trouble. And there you had the president out there saying, yes, you're not crazy. This is happening and you need to you know, take a stand here. So I thought that was very good. And I, I just think a lot of this has to do with perversely the fact that he's old. Yeah, <laughs> because being it is. Old, I've noticed <clears throat> people his age, a lot of them that I know, my parents' age, people like who they get a kind of YOLO thing going there, you know, where it's like, <laughs> you know, I don't have much time here. Right. I'm going to I'm going to do <laughs> and, this with know, as much gonna, gusto not, as I can muster. Right? <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I'm not going to you know, I've been around a while and I'm just I'm not going to put up with any of the bullshit. And I, I don't have a whole lot to prove. I've kind of, you know, reached the end of the line. Um, and so he took some calculated bets that I think really, well, I know they did. They paid off. I mean, this legislation is there. And, you know, what do we have? The, 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 the result was you've got this clown show in the House. They held on to the Senate, yeah. actually gained a seat. And, um, you know, we're looking at the ability, you know, we're going to watch this freak show what they're going to do in the House, I mean, they can't do anything real. You know, nope. they, can't, they don't have the capacity to do it, much less the, you know, the desire to do it. Um, and, you know, I give Joe Biden credit. So, yeah, I mean, you know, here we are, two, you know, left-wing progressives. That's right. Um, <laughs> looking at Biden and going, well, you know, not bad. Okay, now here's the <laughs> question, as we're in overtime now, Digby. Does okay. he run for re-election in 2024? Because then he'll be 82? Well, I hate to see it because I do think that's probably too old, but I suspect he's going to run. 
I suspect I he is too. That's probably you know. I mean, I just say he, he, if he had not been successful, and if they had really lost a huge right. number in then, the House and Senate, and it was just a real debacle, he wouldn't have run. But under these circumstances, I think people maybe want to go. You know, let's not rock the boat here. We got some. You know, let's, right? We've got it's some working. Here. We let's finally have going. a successful president, and yeah, yeah. I get it. Um, uh, yeah, this to be continued because then the then the weak link yeah. is Kamala Harris. Oh uh, yeah, and I don't know what's going to happen with that. I really don't. I mean, that's a very, it's a very difficult question. It's very different. I assume she's probably going to be on the ticket. Yep. But I'm. I at one point I would have thought that she would be the logical choice to be the next president. No. You know, they're the next candidate anyway after Biden. But it doesn't look like she's got the juice no. to do that. And, and so I, don't I don't know if know that's happened. all on her or on him. Now we're hearing about the friction behind the scenes and, could, you know, we don't know. Um, we don't know if their, if their relationship was ever anything but strained. Um, we don't know. Uh, but he did give yeah. her, her portfolio was all like the impossible shit. Okay, you fix immigration, you stuff. fix, you know, you fix the border. The, the board, yeah. Right. You fix all the stuff that's irretrievably broken that can't be fixed. That's all. Yeah. That's all you, and I'll deal with the rest of it. So I think well, she was set up. To, I would not be surprised to see any president of his age looking over his shoulder at the, at the vice president, who's much younger, and think, you know, maybe I need to make sure this person doesn't, you know, doesn't shine too much. Or because, he could be. You know, he could be the great president that we need, who says. I'm not going to be around much longer. Let me take her under my wing and make sure she gets every, every advantage from what I'm doing so she's privy to every little thing so it can be a seamless transition when the day comes. But I, yeah. I, I don't think he's magnanimous enough for that. I don't know that anybody I'm not, is. I'm not, well, I'm not seeing it. And, and right. you're right. You know, we don't really know. What's happening? You know, there's a lot of backbiting and a lot of gossiping and a lot of rumors that are going out. And I don't know, you know, I, I have, I'm in no position to judge uh, what the reality is there. But it's what you describe is correct. And, and uh, you know, whatever the motivations are, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know where we sit there. You know, there's, there is a lot there. There are is a good bench in the Democratic Party if they decide to go outside the Washington you know, outside right. the governors. Now you got Gretchen Whitmer, oh, who's who put in an amazingly yeah, strong right. showing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there are there are people who are really good. I think Shapiro in in Pennsylvania right. is looking like somebody who has some kind. But of, he needs he needs a full out here in California. He needs a full term because he was just elected. So give him. So hopefully, I mean, <laughs> getting ahead of ourselves now, it's too soon for him, I think, at this point. So, let, you know, maybe, maybe a uh, Raskin Porter. Well, see, we'll Jan see. Morgan yeah, in we'll the chat room, that's, that's like my, now you're Raskin Porter. That would be awesome, but it won't happen. Oh, my God, are you kidding? That's our dream, <laughs> that's our dream ticket, isn't that is, it? I mean, I would that love is that, it. you know, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. All well, right, dig it. You know, have a good thought for our, for our friend Raskin. Oh, please. Because he's going to go through some... Uh, some health issues here that are not, probably not going to be very pleasant, but I, I think we have good reason to believe that he'll he'll he'll, he'll pull be okay. Through. You know, a lot of people with what he has have come through, so hopefully that he'll be one of them. But that made me very oh, um, nervous. We can't news. lose him. No, we cannot. In case anybody didn't hear, over the holidays we learned that Jamie Raskin was diagnosed with cancer, apparently a an aggressive form of lymphoma, but it's highly treatable, and it looks like. 
hope again, hoping, knocking on laminate here, that they caught it early enough and he gets the treatment that he needs and 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 he'll 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 beat it. If I can beat yeah. it, oh, Jamie hopefully. Raskin can beat it. <laughs> of course. And, you know, I mean, I did see some, you know, who Jonathan Alter is, the writer he used to write for Newsweek yep. and whatever. Mm-hmm. He's you know, been around forever. He had this exact, exactly this kind of cancer back in 2004. He's still kicking. So, yeah, you know, we'll keep keep a good thought. I mean, that's a long time there. 20, yes. You know, oh, without a doubt. Years, so. Without a doubt. Yeah. Digby, yeah. we could keep yeah, going for, sure. for hours, but, uh, you yeah, know, we, we, we got to ease back into it slowly. <laughs> so, yeah, um, God. Uh, Thank you. What a great way to kick off a year, um, you know, and, and forward we go. <laughs> so tomorrow, Anytime. To, uh, and, and I will be calling on you regularly. Hey, a programming note. Friday is the two-year anniversary. It's Jan- January 6th. On this show Friday, Marcy Wheeler will be here. Uh, oh, so, great. Yeah, great, so great, she's great. the perfect the person. the latest on all this stuff that's been, rele- been revealed in the January 6th um, documents. Yes, about, you know, going forward, that should be very interesting coming from her. And and what she said is, here's a quote I'm reading from her a direct message to me. She said, I aspire to have a post by then that plugs in the January 6th committee stuff into what we know about DOJ investigation Yay. to explain where it <laughs> might go. Aspirational, but let's be optimistic. <laughs> and so I think Marcy Wheeler will get that done for us by Friday. So we, I do too. I'm looking forward to hearing that. I will definitely be tuning in. Awesome. Uh, that is something that's it's very obscure to me, what, what, how this fits into the DOJ. And, you know, you hear all these people with different views on TV talking. But right. And I'll tell you, I, I don't know. Marcy has read every everything. document and, and retained it. Yeah. I don't know anybody <laughs> who's covering I, this like she is or, or yeah. holding on to all the information and putting each oh thing God. in its proper place, she blows my mind. So I uh, couldn't think too. of anyone better to have on that day. <laughs> Just like starting the yeah. year with you, Digby, was perfect. Thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, Happy New Year. We'll talk soon. Stay safe. Uh, uh, and um, yeah, forward we go. <laughs> ditto, ditto, ditto. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks, Digby. <laughs> talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, Find Digby, of course, at digbysblog.net. That's where Digby's hullabaloo lives these days. And, of course, she uh, writes for Salon.com a couple of times a week. And you should definitely be reading her column. So I just got a text message from Robert Naples. And Robert is new to this show, relatively new. And he texted me and he said, he said, why was why was Biden your number eight? He was my number two. He said Warren was my number one. Oh, Robert, you need to go back and listen. I'm a Bernie bro. Uh, you, Bernie, it should have been Bernie. Uh, I'm not going to relitigate it all now. But you can. This is the beautiful thing about my. Sh- well, one of the beautiful things about my show, they're all there. You can go. Uh, back, you can go on YouTube or you can go on my website and go back to whatever date you want and listen because there's no paywall there. Uh, so go back and listen. You'll hear. Um, I was not a Joe Biden fan. I didn't think he had it in him. Um, as you heard today, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised and happy that things have turned out the way they have. But um, I still, you know, I, I tend to live in woulda, coulda, shoulda land. And, um, 
Yeah, I still think of where we'd be if Bernie Sanders was president. But it's okay. Joe Biden's doing a good job and knocking on wood laminate that <laughs> that he continues uh, for now anyway. All right, with that, we are done. That's it. That's it. A stick of fork in this first show of 2023. Uh, good thing we don't write a lot of checks these days, so you don't have to worry about it. But, you know, I'm sure I'll screw up anyway. All right, with that... Um, we got stuff. This is a busy week, and uh, nope, everybody's still out today. So I don't know what we're doing tomorrow, but we'll do something. Uh, even if I don't have a guest, there's plenty to talk about. So uh, we've got transcripts. We could re- Ooh, we can do dramatic readings of transcripts. There's always that, you know. Okay, but um, uh, to leave you, uh, I- I'll leave you with the news because there's news. And this news, because, there, you know, it's holiday, um, tells you a lot about what's going to what you can expect in the 118th Congress. So listen to the news and I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Happy New Year. It's time for Nicole Sandler. What's news from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. Welcome to 2023. The 118th Congress begins Tuesday, and with it, divided government. Yes, there will be a Republican majority in the House, but lots of uncertainty about its control. Kevin McCarthy desperately wants to be Speaker, but there are reportedly between five and ten members in the caucus who've pledged not to vote for him. With 218 votes needed, he can only lose four. The opposition to McCarthy as speaker is mostly coming from the far right. One of the loudest is Florida man Matt Gates, who's been pushing for concessions that no self-respecting speaker would ever give. Yet McCarthy has acquiesced on pretty much every change they've sought, including the motion to vacate, the procedure under which a speaker can be removed from office. The new Congress begins with 434 members. That's due to the death of Congressman Don McEachin of Virginia. A simple majority of the votes of those present is needed. So 218, unless some of the members just don't show up. If McCarthy fails to get the majority on the first ballot, it'll go to a second vote for the first time in more than 100 years. On the other side of the Capitol, Democrats retain control of the Senate with one more seat than they held in the 117th Congress. Seven new senators will be sworn in on Tuesday. They are Katie Britt from Alabama at just 40 years old. She will be the third youngest senator. She's replacing Senator Richard Shelby, for whom she served as chief of staff. In North Carolina, Ted Budd will be sworn in as senator to replace the retiring Richard Burr. John Fetterman of Pennsylvania will be sworn in as the one Senate seat to change hands in the 2022 midterms. Fetterman defeated Mehmet Oz in the race to replace the retiring Republican Senator Pat Toomey. Oklahoma brings us Mark Wayne Mullen replacing noted climate change denier Jim Inhofe. In Missouri, Eric Schmidt, a Republican, replaces the retiring Roy Blunt. J.D. Vance, unfortunately, won the seat in Ohio, taking over for Rob Portman. And in Vermont, Peter Welch enters the Senate after serving as Vermont's lone House member since 2007, replacing one of the Senate's longest-serving members, Patrick Leahy, who is retiring. 
So with the end of the 117th Congress, with the end of 2022, comes the end of the House Select Committee investigating the events surrounding January 6th. But before they officially adjourned, still more documents were made public on Sunday. Some of the interesting transcripts we're now seeing are text messages between Hope Hicks and a former Ivanka staffer, Julie Radford. Hope Hicks saying, I'm so mad and upset. We all look like domestic terrorists now. Ooh, there's a transcript of a text conversation between Senator Mike Lee and Cleta Mitchell and some pretty telling texts between Cassidy Hutchinson and Secret Service guy Tony Ornato about Donald Trump's conversations with Marjorie Taylor Greene in December and about wanting to go to the Capitol on January 6th. And by the way, if you've not yet seen the report but are just itching to start reading, well, it is all posted at January 6th, January number 6th.house.gov where everything is posted. But if you're concerned, like many are, that the incoming Republican-controlled House will immediately take down that website, never fear. Our friends at the Lawfare blog have archived the entire thing for us. So you can find it at lawfareblog.com. The internet, as they say, is forever. In international news, Lula da Silva returned to Brazil's presidency on Sunday, starting a third term after serving between 2003 and 2010. The former president, Jair Bolsonaro, defeated by Lula in October, left for Florida on Friday. Of course, after pulling his own Trump, fueling threats of violence with baseless allegations about electoral problems. Lula took the oath of office, promising to fight hunger, poverty, and racism, and rebuild a country that he said was in, quote, terrible ruins. Reuters reporting that Ukrainian forces shot down 45 Iranian-made drones fired by Russia on Sunday, the first day of the new year. The Russian attacks did damage some energy facilities, forcing even more power outages in Kyiv. Reports are that at least four civilians were killed and dozens injured across the country over the weekend. And Vladimir Putin in Russia gave an unusually aggressive New Year's message, timing his broadcast with more missile attacks. And finally, Politico reporting that Bernie Sanders said it is not yet the right time to discuss whether or not he'll run again, saying, quote, I'll make a decision at the appropriate time. People need to breathe. Good advice, Senator. Good advice. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is fully listener supported and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com and please click on that donate button. 